This is the Culture of Influence. I'm Shane Howard. And I'm Dr. Brad Shuck. Follow along as we dive into everything culture, from interview to exit. All right, so let's, let's jump in. Let's yeah, get, let's get going. It. So uh, for those out there listening, we want to welcome you to Culture of Influence. So we have a special, very special guest today. Shane, would you say this gentleman is special? Absolutely. For, for those people that, that don't know you in the marketing world, everybody knows you in the marketing world, but those of that aren't in the marketing world that might be listening to this, you can kind of give them an idea of who you are, kind of what's gotten you here. And... I'm just tech support. I support, <laughs> I'm just tech support. I support all the awesome people that are doing great work. Our company creates jobs for young adults, mm. and I've been blessed to have some amazing mentors like the previous CEO of American Airlines. Wow. I used to run analytics at Yahoo. I built a website for American Airlines mm. just over 20 years ago. Nice. Mm. And very fortunate to be there in the beginning days of Silicon Valley and learn from the people who built the core technology of the internet. And it wasn't Al Gore. Yeah. Right? <laughs> for sure. You can... The people that were writing code, right? Yeah. Like Rasmus Laredorf, who invented PHP, was two cubes away from me at Yahoo. Nice. And I felt that I've had the best education that is possible in the world of internet marketing. Wow. And it's my responsibility to take what I've learned and share it back. That's why we're here at UofL, yeah. paying it forward. Absolutely. Yeah. And, that's, and that's where I've obviously came across your stuff is, is that paying it forward. And you know, it's never once about a, I think the first time I even reached out to you guys, you, know, you guys actually sent us a bunch of free resources and said, <laughs> here, you know, check this out or go look yeah. at this. It was never an ask to buy, which um, you know, is, 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 a, is a huge thing that I, you know, I'm big on is doing what you can you know, what's the Zig Ziglar quote? You know, you help enough people get what they want, mm. then you'll have everything you need. So absolutely. So can you tell folks your name and the name he of your company? Right, he definitely jumped right We don't over know. That. We don't know who right you are. That. I'm Dennis Yu, and I'm the chief technology officer of Blitz Metrics. Yeah, so guys, catch that. Dennis Yu's in the house today. We're talking about culture, about leadership, about what it means to, like, build something really special. And uh, the story here is uh, incredible. So can you tell us a little bit about... The you, you talked about your days at, at Yahoo, but let's talk about the company that you're you're working with right mm -hmm. now. Can you tell us kind of about the early days and like how did you set the culture for the kind of company that you wanted to run and be a part of? You know, culture is something that if you truly believe in it, you don't have to think about it. You don't have to write it on the wall. You don't have to buy motivational posters. Right on. Culture is something that's an extension of who you are and what you do. It's like your skin color. And I've always been a mentor and a teacher, mm. a, a math tutor. And for me, that's what gave me joy. It wasn't because I wanted to serve other people or because I was some kind of holier Mother Teresa kind of person. I just enjoyed seeing other people be able to pass an exam where there's pressure. Imagine mm. it's the day before a final exam and you're under pressure. Mm. You're not sure if you're going to make it. If you fail this class, your parents are going to chew you out. And you come to me, and I help you work through how to solve that math problem, how to get ready for that economics exam, whatever it might be, that paper that's due. And I found that there is something exhilarating, kind of like an adrenaline rush. All of us mm. do things that maybe it's bungee jumping. Maybe it's who high. knows. Yeah, 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 there's different kinds of highs that we get. And for me, the high was the pressure of what occurs at the last minute where it's in the fourth quarter and there's a couple seconds left and you have to make that shot. Right on, yeah. And when you win, 
That's amazing. Oh. When you see the light bulb go off in someone else's head, when they realize that they knew all along they could get it done, and they come back the next day and they say, "I passed the I passed the quiz. Yeah. You know, I yeah. passed the test. I graduated." That feels so much better. It's nice also to get paid too. Absolutely. And the fact that our company can get paid to train up other people because other companies that are capitalistic are buying packages where we're implementing services for them and driving them money, which then we're able to use and pay for our young adults to be able to get real job experience. Yeah. I view that money that's going through us as money that's not actually ours. Mm. Uh, everything that I've gotten, I've been blessed to... 10 years ago, I had a ridiculous lifestyle, the kinds of stuff that you would see on TV, right? And I'm not going to claim that I was holier than everybody else. I, sure. you know, every, at some point, you have to experience it yourself, absolutely. and then you can say, okay, I already did all that did stuff, yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. But the way I look at it is when we get these checks from these companies, it's not like, woohoo, I got 100 grand. I'm going to go you know, blow it at the sure. casino or something like that. I view that as money that these companies have entrusted with us. I view it as money that could be for, you know, for Ben or Christian or yeah. Taylor or yeah. other folks. I view that as their money. Yeah. And we're here to build these programs. And I see there's an increasing trend towards companies that are using hmm. this kind of culture, their mission, their belief that's ingrained in their processes. And it's not just an HR motivational poster that we all wrote together yeah. to yeah, get right. to the destination. You know, beautiful into the sunset kind of pictures, right? But because it is part, it, the mission is baked into the operational processes of the company. Mm. So where, so Dennis, where? I mean, where? I mean, obviously that has to come from somewhere. So you didn't, you know, nobody wakes up one day and says, "Hey, I think this is how I'm going to treat people." You know, we're mm -hmm. all human. We're all we're all influenced by our surroundings and our family yeah. and our environment. Where did that come from? How did that start for you to be like that? You know, I'm Asian, and I was always good at math. Okay. And I competed in math counts, mm -hmm. and I just enjoy. You know what? If you're good at, you just what enjoy doing I mean, more so, of, right? Okay. So, so and, was that your way of fitting in in the social circles when you came to the states? Was it easier? You could, you found a way you could. I don't want to say make friends, but you, I made a lot of enemies actually. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I'd come in and, and blow the blow everyone out of the water sure. with the, with the math, and and I people get leave. jealous about that. Yeah, well, I, I mean, didn't speak English, so the, I would just do the math. Yeah, who's he? Right? Yeah. And now I speak English as well as anybody else. Sure, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Competed. I represented California in the National Spelling Bee in 1988. Wow. Flew to D.C., the whole thing. Wow, right? I didn't even... I didn't ever have done that. I didn't yeah, even represent my second grade class in the Spelling yeah, Bee. No, I mean, that's, that's, not, uh, that's amazing. That's fantastic. But what I learned... Everyone has a gift. Sure. And when you find what it is, yeah. you don't want to be ashamed of it because that's actually selfish. Mm. When you have that 100%. gift, you have to share it. And I found that I was good in analytics being, and analytics is not making reports. Analytics is being able to analyze complex situations and build processes and structures around them. It's like taking a giant bucket full of gummy worms, dumping them on the table, mm. and having the skill to be able to separate them out, be able to figure out how to solve a jigsaw puzzle. All different analogies of how do you take a complex ecosystem mm. and break it down into components so that anybody should be able to come in and follow a process. Like, what's the most popular hamburger restaurant in the world? I'm going to say McDonald's. It is. Yeah. They, do they make the best hamburger? Absolutely not. No. no. That's because McDonald's isn't a hamburger company. They sure. are a software company. Yep. They, have, they have process. Those French fries come out hot and delicious wherever you go. Yeah. We were in Brazil the same. two weeks ago. 
ordered a large fries that tastes just as good as whatever your local McDonald's is. And thus, it's the process. It could be someone who speaks Portuguese and they're high on crack, but they're still making the French fries yeah. the way their process is so good. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Absolutely. Because it will overcome all the failures in the people. Yeah. So you talk a lot about process, um, both within the uh, the company and working with other people. Can you where, can you talk a little bit about where does that come from for you? That process is a really important step. Process is an extension of code. A lot of people think math is just something that before there were calculators, people had to write down these things on paper, and then they, you know the HP 12C. No, actually. Code, for example, instruction sets that are given to computers to be able to perform basic operations is the same thing as the process on how you make large fries. Sure. You put the stuff in the oil, press the button, then when it beeps, you have to take it out. That's an instruction set. And when you deliver an instruction set to people, hmm. that's called process. When you deliver an instruction set to a computer, that's called code. But either way, it's the same thing. It's an instruction set. Mm -hmm. It is a checklist it is a recipe of one two three four five you do these particular items in this particular order then you might have the recipe for chocolate cake and mm -hmm. with the right ingredients following that process you will get that Absolutely. item at the end it, you don't have to be rachel ray or bobby flay mm -hmm. you could be a complete novice cook never cooked before but you have the ingredients and you follow the process, you will get that result. It's one of those reasons I would imagine like plated, which is, you know, like the food uh -huh. deli delivery uh -huh. service that delivers yeah. the food and, and then here, fo just follow this recipe and you will create. Yeah, we've given everything amazing, you need. Yeah, yeah. just do this. It's a five-star meal. Okay, That's right. absolutely. All right. Okay, that makes absolutely. sense. That makes sense. Yeah, I mean, the, pro the process, you know, and what what's funny about all of that is there's science in all of that, right? Mm -hmm. There's a oh, science yeah, behind what McDonald's has laid out. There's no doubt they about know. it. It's experience behind it. There's Absolutely. failures Absolutely. that you're able to bypass. That's correct. Yeah, that's Absolutely. right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, in 10 days, I'm going to be hiking the most dangerous hike in the world. Uh-oh. It's in Xi'an, China, and okay. it's called Mount Huashan. You can go look it up. Type into Google, most dangerous hike. Check it out. If, you, if you're listening and you're in a car, pull over, get your phone out, pull up Google. Yes. And what are they looking up? Mount Huashan. Actually, no. Just type in most dangerous hike Yeah, in the do world. it. Just do it. You'll, and you'll be If you're glad. even slightly afraid of heights, you're going to close that browser and get freaked out. I'm out. I can't, I'm out, man. There is a I'm steep out. cliff. It's several thousand feet high, and there's, there's these rickety wooden planks just oh, nailed man. into the side of this thing a few thousand feet straight down, and you're kind of just holding along on a wire going all the way around this mountain. It's a steep cliff. If you slip, you're dead. Dennis, right? you're, you're a smart man. Like, I, there's a... A lot of people that put a lot of confidence in the things that you you have. Yeah, you're right on. Why, and a lot of content. You, you know why I tell you that? And tell, a lot of content explaining. Tell me, tell me more about why you are going to go to the most dangerous hike in the world. Because I take calculated risk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. So it's not that you avoid risk. There's risk even in waking up or going to the bathroom. There's risk that if you cross the street, you could get run over. There's risk in everything. But calculated risk is intelligent entrepreneurship. Non-calculated risk unquantified downside is called gambling, right? Okay. Now, at this place, Mount Huashan, you have a harness and you can clip in along the way at every single point. So as long as you always remain clipped in, you could slip, you could try to jump off the edge and you'll be okay. Have you ever been to the Italian Dolomites in Italy? No. You, you know not. the movie Cliffhanger with yes. Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. Yeah. And there's some of those crazy scenes at the end, like oh. those helicopter scenes where they're swinging around back and forth. 
those are filmed in the Italian Dolomites, which are expert level climbing. You would have to be a super pro to yeah. climb there. And even then, it's super dangerous. Today, you can go there and you can climb with absolutely zero experience because you're able to use something that's called the Via Ferrata. Have you heard of the Via Ferrata? No, I have not. Tell us. It's literally mm, Italian for Iron Road. And they've taken the most dangerous hikes, the most dangerous rock climbing routes that even the pros can barely do. And they've put chains along the way and you clip in. You're fully harnessed up. Mm -hmm. You clip in and every five or six feet, you clip into the next section. Okay. So someone who has no experience at all can be completely safe. And that is the value of a checklist. If people will follow the checklist, they can be safe, even what in what would appear to be a very dangerous situation. Oh, I love it. In behavioral, so I, I do a lot of work around behavioral economics, and one of the principles of behavioral economics is vividness mm -hmm. and like having that vivid experience. And what I love about what you're talking about in the relationship to business is that we can take things that seem really scary, right? Mm -hmm. um, like climbing uh, a really hard mountain or what? Is that what the name? Mount Washan. Mount Washan. Okay. Did I get that right, Dennis? That's right. See? You're not even Chinese. Um, I'll give you credit, Brett. See what I'm saying? <laughs> I, here I am. Yeah. So, and and be able to, tra to, be able to translate bit. that into like a, a business context. So I wonder, what, what do you think about the people that went along that mountain slope and put in the chains where people can lock in? Like, are mm -hmm. you, as an expert mountain climber... Mm. Are you angry at those people that now everybody gets to experience this? No, those are called entrepreneurs. And entrepreneurs are the people that take the initial risk to pave the path for other people to follow via their documented checklist. Cool. I didn't see that comment, but that was really yeah. that was really well played. So that that's really so, so I guess you that's walked into that. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, so so for me, you you obviously in your personal life, um, risk is a part of of what drives you. It's part of what keeps you going, clearly. Is that same DNA within the culture within your business risk taking and making mistakes and because mm. obviously in entrepreneurship and business calculated risks sometimes aren't as calculated mm. as we would like them to be. Yeah, you have things like Dunning Kruger where people don't understand the level of risk that they walk into. It's actually more dangerous than they think. Like things like Dunning Kruger is something you should Google. It's, it will change your life if you see how that works. Rather than use the word risk, I would use the word multiplier. Okay. Just like leverage, playing okay. derivatives versus owning the underlying stock. I have a finance degree too. If you understand things as a multiplier, let's say that there's a box and whatever you put into, it multiplies by five or actually multiplies by 10 for sake mm -hmm. of simple math. So you put a $10 bill, close the box, open it or press the button and you get $100 back because it like multiplies to, by 10. I'd like to have that box. Okay. But let's say that you put in something bad. You put in, you know, like one broken leg and you get back two broken legs from that mm. box. Whatever is inside that box, okay. you know, or 10 broken sure, legs if you're a spider. Sure. Actually, sure. spiders have eight, yeah. right? Or maybe another example is alcohol. Yep. Alcohol's a multiplier. So you don't ever want to drink when you're sad because it's going to make you sadder. Sure. Right on. But if you drink yeah. when you're happy, you have a beer or two, maybe it'll make you happier. It, ex it intensifies the experience. And when you look at risk, when you look at entrepreneurship as a multiplier, you could take something, you put $1,000 and what did you say? You had $3,000 and you took... 1500 I yeah. $1,500, yeah. And you went to Australia and oh, that's yeah, kind of yeah, like Australia, gambling, right? Yeah. That's like betting everything on yeah. red because you don't know what's... Did you have... It was a, a calculated risk, yeah, yeah, Did you have your return ticket when you bought that? 
I did. Well, you have to to get into Australia. Okay, so that's okay. Yeah, yeah, the they, yeah, they want that lecture. yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, I wasn't going to get stuck over that kid, so yeah. I can't do that. But but I but get. But risk. I definitely understand. Yeah, you're, and that's and I think that's a lot of times. Um, you know, what can I do with this, right? Or what is what is my return? It doesn't always make sense from you know an up and coming you know business to hire out an audio and video guy mm -hmm. for most people because it doesn't show up on your bottom line mm -hmm. on your quarterly board report. Right. But for me, I understand the value of content and now that I'm traveling these places and can literally film and consume these things, I can turn mm -hmm. around and repurpose them mm -hmm. in so many different facets that I know that the value of what I get, I'm actually getting a steal, mm -hmm. regardless of what I'm paying him, I'm getting a steal. So I understand that, and that is that, I guess that is that calculated risk, you know. And what you both have in common in this area is that you, you both pay it forward. And mm -hmm. that that's, that's an important principle of the culture of both of the businesses that that you both run. Yeah, when when he was talking about why he does it and why you do it a lot, you know, the biggest the biggest high I've gotten in my business is where the longest tenured um, team member of mine bought his first house, mm. you know, and and post that on, and he came from nothing and started with us, and um, you know, seeing that and seeing that um, that excitement, and mm. you know, they'll, they'll hear me talk a lot is. You know, I, I want all of them. I'm not the highest paid employee in my own business. And they know that. I'm very, very transparent with it. Because for me, it only makes sense to put the best people around you that you possibly can, pay them well, help them get and have access to and love what they do. Then it makes it easier for me. I've actually, and I was actually talking to Brad, I've actually over-indexed on this a little bit. Right now, I actually have a little bit of a culture that, my team loves me so much and they, they don't want to let me down and they don't want to fail that they're actually paralyzed to actually do certain things. Mm. And so it's, yeah. so, so I've, I'm, I'm having to piss them off a little bit now and, <laughs> you know, you know, shake that up a little bit, but you know, I'm, I totally get it. And mm. you know, that's, I, you can see that in your work. This is the first time you and I've met face to face and mm. you can see that in how you do things. Um, you know, for those of you that, that don't follow Dennis, I, I recommend yeah, you, you even if to. you're not in the business world, yep. Because there's things, and and I'll actually I'm actually going to have this conversation with Dennis off the record. But there's things, you know, even if you're a coach that he literally uses every day, I would argue that there's things that that Dennis gives away on a weekly basis from his team. And I say Dennis, so Blitzmetrics gives away um, that if you're unemployed, you could have a job in about 30 days that you absolutely love just by applying some of the things that yeah. he does. Yeah. Easy. Tell me about why you believe in people. It's funny because Ben Dahl and I had this conversation last night until 3 or 4 in the morning, whatever it was. It's not that we want to believe in people. It's that to not believe in people would be so debilitating that it makes life not worth living. Oh, it's, it's like saying, why would you believe in God? There's a certain amount of faith you need to have because there's just not enough proof if you truly are a scientist. Sure. You can only prove it halfway, and then you need a leap of faith. But the alternative, which is to say that there is no God, and there is nothing but matter and particles and hard determinism where there are no spirits or souls. Everything can be predicted. If you can go down to the molecular level, you can predict every transaction, every single 
atom that moves, a butterfly beats its wings, sure. and you can trace it all the way through to something that happens. Yep. We would live in a completely mechanical Newtonian world. Yep, that is something that I could not stomach. Oh, and I believe it's better. If I have to choose between believing in people versus believing that we live in a random universe where there is no happy ending or this is not the opiate of the masses, but sure. this is where good things can happen. And I've found that it's not because of the secret or manifesting. You could say it's the Holy Spirit. You could say whatever you want to put in place of that. But that kind of belief, if you have that kind of optimism, not a fake, there's no weeds in my garden kind right. of, I'm just going to convince myself that everything's amazing, not lying to yourself, but a, a, a realistic optimism, amazing things have happened. And Ben and I talked about some amazing things that have happened just in the last few months in our company that I could never have predicted that are so incredible. Some of the business deals that we've had, some of the people that have joined our team, some of the experiences that we've been able to enjoy. If you, you know, you could, you've heard that it's better to, here's an analogy, you know, it's better to aim for the moon and hit yeah, an yeah, eagle yeah. than aim for an eagle and hit a rock. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And risk is going for something that's a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And you're willing to take that risk on people, that calculated risk on people. That's a part of who you are as a human being. Have you heard about frogs and the princes? Tell me about frogs. Or things like NLP, mm. or maybe the fairy tale about what is it, the princess that has to kiss a bunch of frogs, yeah. and yeah. eventually one of the frogs turns into a prince. Yep. That's right. That's the way I look at it. Absolutely. So I've got to kiss 10 frogs, and I'll get one amazing person, amazing team member. Are you willing to suffer? Like, can I punch you in the face nine times? But then the 10th time I punch you in the face, I give you a million dollars. Will you let me continue to punch you in the face to do that? I mean, because you're Dennis you, I would probably let you punch me a few times, but then I'm going to get a little upset with you. <laughs> I mean, we just met, yeah. so we, there's not a lot of social yeah. gap. And, I, and, and, that, and that, menta that mentality is, is, is what works. And that's, that's a big part when, when, when Brad and I talk about culture is, I, so I just recently had to part ways with a few uh, of our team members. And in those conversations, I was, you know, I was aware that, you know, you can tell when people, you know, check yeah. out and, and disconnect. That ending conversation was, okay, let's figure this out. And then what do you really want to do? What, what, mm -hmm. you know, what, what, what wakes you up every single day? Because this clearly yeah. isn't it. And that's okay. So I can help you. And they look at you like, because most people don't get that. They look mm -hmm. at you like, why mm -hmm. in the hell would you help me find another job? That's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. That's, that's my, that's my rent for you coming here mm -hmm. and giving me your time. Yeah. And I, I told him, I, I heard a really, really interesting story at, at HubSpot's inbound conference a couple years ago. And it was a room full of managers and executives. And I cannot remember the gentleman's name to save my life. And he starts off, he walks in the room and he's, you, you realize after the talk, so I'm probably giving it away if he still does it, but he's on the phone acting like he's on a conversation. He walks up to the to the podium and he says, all right, I'm off. He's like, we'll get started here in just a minute. He's like, how many people, you know, have somebody back home in their office that they're, you know, thinking about getting rid of? Of course, the entire room raises mm -hmm. their hands. He says, well, how come you haven't gotten rid of them? And he starts and he tells mm -hmm. about his mentor and he was yeah. sitting down one day and he says, he's complaining about an employee. He says, well, you need to get rid of him. He says, it's on a Tuesday. He says, okay, well, I'll get rid of him Monday when I go back to the office. He says, well, you need to get rid of him sooner than that. He says, well, I'll get rid of him Friday. No, you're going to get rid of him tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And he said he went in. He said, okay, I'll get rid of him tomorrow. Taps the guy on the shoulder, walks to the conference room, opens the door, turns around. The guy's just bawling his eyes out. And he said, what took you so long? 
And he said, for the last month and a half, I've gone home every single night and told my wife you were going to fire me. And you've demeaned me, you've isolated me, mm-hmm. you've completely destroyed me. And his mentor, what his mentor, then he tells the ending mm-hmm. part of what his mentor told him. He says, not only are you going to let him go tomorrow, but you're going to spend the next 30 days doing every single thing you can to help build his confidence up and get him another job because you've destroyed his opportunity from earning a living and having a life that he needs to have anytime in the near future. And I'm, I'm big on that. And I'm, I'm, I take a lot of, I take a lot of gambles and I take a lot of, uh, we're, we're a very, very diverse company. And I'm not saying that to, to be, you know, whatever I've got former, well, we did have, you know, retired army veterans. I've got 43 year old, you know, ex teachers. I've got Nate fresh out of college and all these different things. For me, I don't look at resumes. I don't, I, 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 I don't, I sit in an interview and I tell you, I don't dress for an interview. This is literally how I dress every mm-hmm. single day. And mm-hmm. I, I sit down and I'm going to tell you everything that is horrible and is going to go wrong. I'm going to tell you I'm an asshole at times. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do all these things because I want you, I don't ever want somebody to look at me and say, oh, well, that's not who I did this mm-hmm. interview. No different than I don't want to. Right, right. So I don't, I wouldn't want, mm-hmm. I've been on the other side of that and say, well, that's not the guy that interviewed me. Yeah. Yeah. He's talking to me like, you know, what is this? I've never even heard some of these words before. I'm going to do this. I'm going to tell you up front. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to love you. I'll do anything in the world. I tell my team I love them. It's, and it, 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 that's what it is because that is a, that is my family. Yeah. But taking that chance on people, you have to, well, you had to take a chance on me today. Yeah. You had general interaction and we follow each other on Facebook and you see some of my stuff and. I see your stuff, and it's definitely more me stalking you than you stalking me, obviously. Um, but a random question is, you know, your typical, you, hey, you know, what? Screw it. I got to roll the dice, and maybe this guy won't cut me up and kill me on campus. And you know, maybe, you know, maybe this will be something that'll get some value out of it. And you know, now we find out we, you know, we know some of the same people yeah. and those kind of things. So yeah. I, I'm, I just believe in it. I just believe. I believe in doing the right thing. So, so what I want to ask. Yeah. And I know, Brad, you've probably got some, I'm, I'm talking long-winded. What are some examples that you saw? Because obviously you worked in some big-time businesses when a lot of people would have given anything to have that education. Mm-hmm. Just observing. And you're obviously very observant in what you do. Um, what are some things that you picked up? Because I learned, so I started when I was 20 years old working in the automotive industry in sales, mm. where the cast offs of society go to get a job because most people won't work for two weeks and not make any money. Right. And I learned everything that I did not ever want to do had I ever been given an opportunity to be in the position that I'm in now. So what, what are some things that you learned that you knew or, or, you know, obviously you don't, you don't have to name drop or use scenarios, but were there ever moments where you saw somebody or you were treated and you were like, I'm never going to do that to my people. Hmm, man, that's tough. Because I feel like I'm the the villain where I've done hmm. those things. Okay, well, and, yeah, I mean, or you can, you or know, you can do that. Because none of us are perfect, and we screw up every day. I do. I, I literally make mistakes every single day. I feel, I actually feel, yeah. and, and, and I let my team know, if this doesn't work out and you're here, it's because I screwed something hmm. up. Hmm. I let you yeah. down in some way. Yeah, so just over 10 years ago, I was making $85,000 a day on Facebook. So I was pulling in a million dollars a week. And I was living a lifestyle that you would imagine what a younger person who really didn't know any better would live. And I rationalized my behavior about how what I was doing was completely legal. 
and it was okay because hmm. there were other people that were running the same kind of scammy things on Facebook. Sure. Do you remember who was a crush on you and what's oh, your IQ? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yes. most of that was run through our ad server. Yeah. Okay. So okay. we generated a lot of money. Sure, off yeah. of that. absolutely. And Mark Zuckerberg got pissed off. We even had a discussion about this, yeah. right? And I was able to rationalize, and I look back now on how blind I was about this because of the money and the things that people do because of the money. And I remember this wake-up point when, you know, Neil Patel, he's big mm -hmm. in the world of online marketing. Mm -hmm. He and I were hanging out at Disneyland. We were in line hmm. at the Pirates of the Caribbean. Cool ride, <laughs> great right? ride. And I, I remember talking about how much money we were making and how guilty I felt because we were ripping off tons and tons of these, these teenagers that were signing up for these apps and then it was charging their parents' cell phone bill and then they're getting in trouble. And so we were making money 50 bucks at a time by billing other people's cell phone bills. And I remember going to Vegas later that weekend with my buddy Scott Richter, who's also, he's got lots of money. And we were at the club and doing the whole VIP thing, popping bottles that were $750. It was loud. All these people were drunk. They're wearing, wearing their Ed Hardy shirts. Sure. All this yeah, 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 like, yeah. I remember thinking, I really hate being here. It is loud and noisy. All these people are drunk. These are people that I do not want to be around with, Absolutely. but I need to be here because I'm trying to close some of these deals. And I realized my life is terrible, but I'm making all this money. Yet I've taken these incremental steps because what if somebody came to you, Brad, and said, hey, if, if, if we do this campaign, you can start to make $10,000 a week. Yeah or make $100,000 a week. And each time you're like, yeah, of course I wanna do that. And so you rationalize that it's okay. And you don't realize that you're giving away your integrity while you're doing it. Because all it takes is that little slip and then pretty soon you're that guy. You never realized that you'd become that guy. And that's when I exited that whole space and I said, there are honest ways to make a dollar. And I ignored my mentors that told me, one of my friends, Andrew in, in New York, one of the, you know, the, I'm not going to name drop, yeah, but a yeah, successful yeah, yeah. Yeah. guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he said, Dennis, there's so many ways that you can make a dollar. Why would you go down that route? You're smart. You've got the connections. You're young. There's so many things that you could do. And I said, you know what? You're right. You're right. And he said, you need to change your motto to get rich slow because the nice guys actually finish first. Two of my mentors, so Al Casey was the CEO of American Airlines, mm -hmm. and Dick Hayen was the chairman of Allstate Insurance. Mm-hmm both well-respected guys, and they were the nicest of guys. And I'm wondering, like, why would they spend time with me? Mm. How could they, because my idea before I really got coaching was if you're a CEO or you're a leader, then somehow you need to put on this confident, I've got everything under control, bullshit kind of face, because that's what people expect. Yeah. And if you're gonna move up in the corporate world, you gotta stab other people before they stab you. The golden rule, do unto others before yeah. they do unto you, Yeah. right? But I realized from talking to people who are at the top, they don't behave that way. My buddy Bill Harnish is a multi-billionaire, one of the richest people in, the, in New York. He's, he's had the largest divorce settlement in the history of New York, right? He's got a house that he just built. It's 100,000 square feet. It's ridiculous. I went to it. Wow, dude, this is your house? This is a hotel, man. It's like the size of a Hilton. What's this thing, right? And he was the nicest guy. One time we were in Park City, and we flew in together, and we went to a Costco, because he was the financier behind Costco mm -hmm. and Best Buy, which is kind of nice. He made billions off of that one, too. Yeah. When you have billions, it's easy to make more billions. That's Absolutely. what he told yeah, me. Yeah. You've got to make your first one. Yeah, the, the second one's easy. 
And I remember we were walking back from Costco. I was carrying a giant thing of blueberry muffins. You know, like that eight pack of blueberry oh, yeah, muffins. Yeah, yeah. Delicious. I'm, I'm thinking this guy's time is so valuable. He's a he's a multi billionaire, and here we are shopping at Costco because I know it makes him feel good because yep. he invested in the thing, right? And we're about to go into his car when I see next to Costco there's a Nike outlet, and I realized you know what I'd like to get some running shoes, and at the outlet I can get it for like fifteen bucks cheaper. So I was like, oh man, there's a Nike outlet there, and he's like, oh Dennis, go ahead, I'll sit in the car and wait for you. So he sat in the car, and there was a line too at the Nike outlet. Oh my gosh! So he waited forty minutes for me so I could save fifteen dollars. What do you think that guy's time is worth oh, for 40 wow. minutes? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it taught me that because if I was all about calculating money and all this, like I was back in my try to get rich days 10 years ago, I would have said, my time is worth $100,000 every three minutes or whatever it calculates out to, yeah. something ridiculous. But the way this guy treated me so well, even though I was a nobody and waited in the car, you know, checking his blackberry or doing whatever he's doing while and 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 it wasn't even like dang it this dennis is like wasting my time he's like totally cool with it like legitimately cool with it sure. spent the next three or four days with me teaching me about finance not asking for any money like not like i could change his standard of yeah, living yeah, at yeah, all yeah. or whatever right. right but just being truly giving and not expecting anything in return the mentors i've had that are like that have taught me the culture of giving where when you, whatever you believe in, like you, your karma, payback, what I know this to be true. And I believe that is a sound business principle because that is what mentors have taught me and showed me. Give it away. I told you the other day, I said, you that's know. a culture of influence. Brad, Brad's used to going and speaking and getting paid to go speak and selling his knowledge, which is okay. Right. And I don't, I don't, I don't see any issue with that, but I've explained to him, and trying to get him to err on the other side of you can also give all of that away and people are still going to pay you to come. Mm-hmm. You get not, more, you get paid more when you give it correct. away. Correct. 99.9% of the people who hear it aren't going to do anything with it anyway. So give it away Yeah. and and share it. And I, I believe, so I had a, I had a similar, um, and when I started in the car business, the, the, the owner of um, the automotive group is a gentleman by the name of Cornelius Martin. Um, he was one of the top minority dealers in the country, came from a family of, 10 to 12 family members started, you know, built his way up from working in the service department all the way up as the number two Buick salesperson. End up having, he sat on the Federal Reserve uh, with uh, Federal Reserve Board with Alan Greenspan. He did all these different things. Uh, he actually tragically passed away um, in, a, in an automobile accident um, some years ago. But um, his daughter was a cheerleader at my high school. She was about four years younger than me, so I, I started working there, and you know, he and I struck up a relationship. And I mean, this is a guy who had you know two private jets in the airport. He owns a fueling rights to the mm. airport down in Bowling Green, and mm. he gave me the access code to go get in the back gate to go mm. in because I'd pull this. He trusted me with his car yeah. to put it in, and yeah. I would sit down and have these conversations with him. And he never, you know, once you got close to him. You could pick up what he was doing mm. for other people because mm-hmm. of how he would ask questions. Yeah. Not because he wanted you to know he gave this person five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, because you knew he was checking to make sure it was done right or mm-hmm. you know those things. And and being around someone like that, I had that similar experience as you. Mm. Is seeing someone literally give. He, he a funny story. His kids um, had to work during the summertime at one of the dealerships and. His daughter was a senior in high school, and we were sitting in the finance department one time, and um, 
it was around Christmas time, and she was talking about she hadn't gotten to see a show, and this is probably 2001. Mm-hmm. Uh, she hadn't gotten to see a show that was on. Her TV was broke. Mm-hmm. And I looked at the finance manager, and she kind of looked mm-hmm. at me, and I was like, and the finance manager said, well, tell your dad you need a new TV. And she's mm. like, ah, you know, money's a little tight around the house right now. You know, and this her dad could go buy a factory right, to right, go, right. Get, you know, and that's, he was just on the cover of Black Enterprise Magazine at right. that time for making mm. $300 million, you know, all this stuff. And right. it's like, man, like wow. that's, that spoke more to mm. me than anything, any business decision that he made because yeah. he created a culture of, that was not entitlement, that mm. was not, and, and I'm, I'm big on that. So, you know, I, I'm, I try to let it trickle down with me and with our mm-hmm. culture is I'm never going to ask somebody to do something I wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. July ended up being the best month we've ever had as a business. Um, June ended up being one of the worst months we've ever had. We had to turn it around. We fixed mm-hmm. it. We turned it around. I literally was in the office 33 in the last 36 hours. Wow. It's really hard for me to ask my team to pull it out. Mm-hmm. But I also had two guys that stepped up early in the month and said, you know, I'll commit to working 21 days straight mm-hmm. to do what we got to do. Mm-hmm. And you got to have those things. And so many people will pick those things up. Um, you know, you're a lot. I think, I think, Dennis, a lot of people see you as, I mean, you're obviously known as the Facebook marketing guy, you know. Um, and you know, the dollar a day strategy is, you know, your, you know, your, your, your thing still works. Absolutely. <laughs> and we're going to use it with our book in this podcast. Yeah, so, we are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, That's the strategy we're using. And, but I would argue that your biggest value into the ecosystem of the world is how you're actually empowering other people mm-hmm. because Logan's not going to work with you forever. Right. I mean, ideally, you'd like to think that. Well, it's not right? that he's working with me. It's that he has his goals and I'm aligning his And he's his an goals. example that I know. I yeah. know his name and know where he's at. Yeah. But I, I have zero doubt that if he came to you and said, you know, I, I just need to spread my wings a little bit and do this. Cool. Because you're doing everything every day to have somebody else step up and, and, and fit that role and, and to run with that. So, you know, we've, we've talked tremendously and um, it it's late tonight. You've been talking, traveling. You got a. You guys have planes to catch in the morning. I, I want to be uh, aware Absolutely. of using your time and your and your team's time and how gracious it's been to have you here today. <clears throat> if you if you know Dennis as in the marketing world, now you know Dennis and the principles that he uses to to lead and to encourage and to empower others. And I hope that's the story that people take away, that there's there's a backstory here around how life gets lived and gets lived well. And the guy can speak it because he's been on both sides of it. And that it, there's a lot of power in, in that story because there's validity in it, right? There's validity in it. So I, I wonder if there's a couple things that you would recommend for our, our listeners around culture what are what are one or two things that you really want to leave people with mentoring and helping others isn't something you do just because it's a good thing but it's a good business practice because we all have finite time if you can delegate out the repetitive things that you do and we all have things that are not a good use of our time there's that 10 or 20 percent of our time where we're striking deals we're doing things that are high leverage that other 80 90 percent out you you delegate that out to other people you're giving them opportunity and you're also saving your time for the things that are truly valuable if you're working 23 hours out of every 24 hours like i understand sometimes you have to hustle yeah but 
you are going to be so burnt out, so oh, useless. Yeah. Your EQ is going to go down to zero. Yeah. You won't be yeah. if there is an emergency. You need to be at full power for the team. You need to take care of your health, and the way to do that to get your time back is you have to delegate out. So the the idea of mentoring and training up young adults, of systematizing your processes, yeah. is part of culture. Culture and process and strategy and checklists to me are all the same thing. Amazing. This has been incredible. I want to thank you for coming on the on the show with us and 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 spending your time. You can you can catch us on the socials yeah, at V Shane Howard and at Dr. B Shuck and at Dennis U. So look, check us out, Culture of Influence, download the podcast. If you are, uh, no matter what platform you're viewing us on, if you've liked what you've heard, if you've enjoyed uh, Dennis, um, drop some comments. Let us know what questions you have for him. Maybe we'll get um, him back on the show at some point in the future. Give us five stars. And as Shane always says, if you didn't like the podcast, that's okay. You can just move on. You don't have to leave any comments or, or leave any <laughs> yeah, stars at all. Absolutely. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. And he's not asked for me to do this, but I'm doing this because I actually do believe in what they do. If you're starting a business, um, you know I see it on a on a regular basis. Facebook is still the um, it's still the unattractive guy that none of the girls want to say they're actually going on a date with. In a lot of ways, <laughs> yeah. right? And if, if you're starting a business, um, you're welcome to reach out to me. I'm happy to share my testimony and my story um, on how Facebook has is, is literally enabled us to do what we do in 43 different countries around the world and all this fun stuff. But Blitzmetrics, Dennis, Logan, the team of, of folks that they have over there and what they do, if you just follow them and you just Google them and... I've picked up another couple of tips, but I won't release them out there to the world. I'll share them with Dennis uh, after we're done on how you can even get more of information for at no cost. But um, just just go and learn and, and reach out and hit these people. Listen, in, in the world of, of business, Dennis is, is way bigger than, than Brad and I um, from a from an on paper success standpoint. But Dennis literally Dennis and I work very similar schedules. I can tell we're both night owls and up in the middle of the night. Dennis request Dennis accepted my friend request on his personal Facebook page as soon as I sent it through didn't ask any questions I even think he even hit me with a hey thanks for connecting and has always been there whenever I've had questions and you know don't don't flood his personal Facebook timeline but research ask questions because there's knowledge that that the, this team is giving away that 100% will not only change your life but enable you to have a life like you're trying to work towards 100 percent. thank you thanks guys thanks for listening a lot shane all good all good thank you guys and uh catch us on the next one yep next episode sweet thanks all right awesome yeah man thank you very much thank you thank you